Hello and welcome back to the Continental Breakfast. Good morning or good evening whenever you're listening to this. Um, the group stages are done. Finito. We have got there. We are halfway through now. Um, the competition, the, the fun end, the chaos end. It's just about, it's going to be kicking off on Saturday evening. Um, it's myself, Phil, joined with uh, Steve and Brenton. Hello, lads. Good evening. Hello. We had um, final game day of the group stages. Four games, 18 goals. Man, <laughs> this evening. Quite a lot to try to get through when we're trying to do sm- uh, short podcasts. Hmm. Um, group F, we'll, we'll touch on first. It was the one I think everyone was looking forward to. No disrespect, Group E, but everyone was looking forward to it so much to see how it was going to pan out. And... Stephen and Brenton and Steve, you maybe go first. It did not disappoint, sir. It didn't, and like to to be fair, like the first half wasn't a great game. The penalty shouts were obviously fairly dramatic, and uh, 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 and there was a lot of controversy over both the first two penalties given. Now, I personally thought that the the first one was absolutely a penalty. I thought Larice absolutely cleared um, the player out, and you have to give a penalty there. I thought the second one was soft enough. I, 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 it was a, it was an odd game because France. Is that what you said in the group? <laughs> well, France were playing like a team who knew they'd already qualified, you know, um, and it yeah. didn't. They, they, they honestly played like a team who didn't give a shite about who they play in the next round. Whereas Portugal obviously had a lot more riding on, on this game, and and I think during during the course of the ninety minutes occupied everywhere from second to fourth in this group. Which kind of shows you how dramatic the the swings um, in this game were. I think Antonio Lajos, the referee, I think they were first when they scored. Sorry, I think they were first when oh, they scored. Oh, yeah, yeah they up. probably were. Yeah, like, they were. So yeah. hard, it was so hard to keep up. Whatever. Oh yeah, because Hungary were beating Germany. Yeah, so they would have gone first. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think. The referee, um, I saw someone describe him as the, uh, the Spanish Mike Dean, and it's absolutely <laughs> correct. Like, I'm, I've never seen an official so determined to make a game about himself, um, as Antonio, Antonio Lajos did, um, this evening. It was. That is Senor Lajos you're talking about, sir? He was just so poor. His name? He was so poor, I, I swear. That's like, his last hurrah. Yeah, there's a man that's determined to make sure that one of the conversation points around Euro 2020 <laughs> is going to be him. <laughs> um, Brent, what like you obviously both you watched that game, and I was watching the chaos unfold in in, in Munich, and um, was it a, as Steve said, was it a game where France sort of looked like they were going through the gears and made a lot more riding on Portugal, or how did you find? Do you think did you find it a good game, and, and did anyone stand out? Um, yeah, I, th- I think Steve's right. Um, France obviously going into it were the only team in this group that knew they were through, yeah. and y- you could kind of tell that. Um, the I think for the first like maybe two or three minutes, France looked looked like they were up for it, um, and then they just kind of settled into their rhythm. Um, were happy enough. Um, passing it about. Um, not wanting to waste too much energy. Um, I think they've talked about that recently that, uh, you know, they're trying to peak their fitness, you know, for the, for the knockout stages. Um, but yeah, once the, the, I think that spells France, particularly in the second half, were when Hungary were winning, uh, and it was, it was still, 
level in the in in our game. Um, it looked actually when Coleman came on, I thought Steve he there there was a couple of opportunities where where he got um down the flanks at especially at um at Tomato and I think then he he had to go off um because he was getting a, an absolute run around I think from Mbappe and then from from Coleman um and then yeah the uh it seemed I don't know but at one stage it looked to me with about 10 minutes to go after Germany scored I thought they both knew the position they were in uh yeah. And they were happy enough. Yeah, it felt, it felt exactly the same to me. I think he, the commentators on RT even said, like, why are we playing five minutes in, of injury time when, like, the lads have no interest in, in, uh, neither side were interested in going for the win. And I think that's one of the things where, like, you can't help it. You obviously get the, the scoreline coming through, uh, from the other game. I thought what was really interesting though was, like obviously this that game was in was in was in Hungary in the the Pushkas Stadium and the energy from the crowd when Hungary scored like it was incredible it was almost like like a, a home game for one of the teams like I've never heard an, like an atmosphere like it um and I think it's it's a shame that like I said that France kind of I think this could have been a real spectacle of a game if France had had something to play for. But I think Portugal played their part and I think that we, you know, there were two penalties, but how we didn't tip Ronaldo to be top goal scorer when he had a chance to equal uh, the all-time record for international goals. Like it should have been a license to print money that Ronaldo was going to find some way to, uh, yeah. to get those goals. And to be fair I to me, we messed up there. Yeah, the two penalties were, were excellent. Um, but like, I thought he was anonymous for most of the game, as he has been for most of this tournament, like with the exception of a five minute spell against Hungary in the opening game. Um, and from a Portugal point of view, do you give a shot? Like if, if someone's anonymous for 90% of the game, but still gets two goals, do you care? Uh, you probably no. don't. Uh, no. I think that's always been the difference between him and Messi, and obviously we've we've loads of podcasts this summer we can get into that kind of conversation. But for me, Ronaldo has always been that player who has found a way to find the back of the net, and that's what's yeah. kind of put him on that pedestal. And I think fair play to him in in this game and in general for for uh, 109 international goals. I think that's an it's an incredible feat. Um, but I don't think I think England. Having seen all the games in Group F, probably would have would have preferred Portugal to Germany. Um, so I don't know how they feel about how things worked out this evening. But it's going like I think all all three of the teams that got out of this group probably deserved it. I know I was saying in our WhatsApp group this evening at one stage when Portugal looked like they were coming, <laughs> I, was, I was delighted because of my prediction. Um, but like you have to like nobody wants to see Hungary go through. Yeah, that's it. Nobody wanted to see Hungary go. And the fact is, Portugal scored more goals than anyone else in the group. So, yeah. you know, um, they scored nearly twice as many goals as France, who topped the group. So you have to give them that. So I I, I have to say, uh, I know we all kind of said France were the favourites before the tournament. I don't think the winner of the tournament is coming from this group. I really don't, from what we've seen. No, it's coming from Group A, it's Italy. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, quickly on England. Um, I think that's a really good point, and it's 
I'm gonna shock people here and give Jermaine and Tienis a bit of credit because um, it, it's probably it's probably the best thing he's ever said. Um, he said that the the level of games that these three teams who are going to qualify from this group have had to play over their group stage compared to to the level of game England have played um, might be a difference maker in in the round of 16, or I was going to say Liverpool, England have basically just, they haven't got to a level, um, and it could be something to do with the the performances that teams have put in against them, that, you know, not that they haven't been tested, but just they haven't got up to, to where, you know, these other teams have, and, you know, that could be, you know, for example, Germany have had to fight uh, on a couple of games, and they could be more prepared. I think um, for for the England game, I think that's going to be a great game. Yeah, it's certainly one we'll, we'll obviously we'll touch on, it, and it, it looks it's mouth watering. Like England, Germany in any international tournament, uh, football wise, is just obviously it's a it's a huge huge game, and it's back at Wembley. Gareth Southgate's involved. I mean, what could possibly go wrong for England? Um, <laughs> but it'll be, and it will be interesting to see how it plays out. Simon Hughes from the Athletic was actually touching on a midfield battle of Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips up against Cruz and Grutzka. Could be interesting. I don't know whether that was tongue in cheek from Simon or what, but um, I mean, we'll certainly see what Phillips and Rice are made of then in midfield if he does go with those two, and see what they're up against those two lads because. As I, as, I, as I said at the start of the show, I watched the Germany-Hungary game for balance of the podcast, and it was just chaos uh, from minute one. Hungary took the lead. A brilliant, brilliant goal. Um, such a cross-in as well. If you get a chance to check it out, check it out. Mm. And diving header past Neuer. Neuer was given no chance, really. And it was the perfect goal, actually, for the game. Hungary taking the lead, because it meant Germany then couldn't just control the game and get a, get a draw and come through. They had to come out. And for a while, especially in the first half, do you remember the game Moisey was in charge United and had some like 57 crosses? Yeah. I think Klopp and Liverpool had something very similar. I can't remember who it was this year as well. I think they almost broke that record, or maybe they did break it. But it was just like that for the first half. It was left back, ball out of his feet, cross, headed away. Right back, ball out of his feet, cross, headed away. That's all that was going on. And Hungary were just so solid. They were really solid and were just able to clear everything away. Hummels hits the crossbar. Ginter has a good chance from that rebound. But you can tell he's a defender and not, not a potent striker. And he flosses his lines. And they go in at half time. And, and like, even on Klinsman and, and Danny Murphy were saying at half time, like, what are Germany going to do here to get back into this? Because it is just very seems. It's just cross, 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 cross. They need to get someone on that's going to unlock uh, Hungary. Second half, Cruz came into the game more. Um, Gundogan was non-existent again for Germany. Havertz gets the goal. It's very, very scrappy. Like if you see it, the ball's up in the air, and Havertz just arrives like thirty centimeters out. I mean, Murata would have missed it, but Havertz manages to put it home. Lewandowski um, would have missed it too. Really, <laughs> Lewandowski would have missed it from earlier, and it's one all. And I don't know if. The whole German back nine were in the stands celebrating the goal still, but Hungary took the restart 
won the ball back, hoofed it forward through Saloy up front, and is it Shaver, I think it was, maybe? I can't remember his name, sorry. He runs through and slots at home. Hummels, uh, Neuer and Rudiger all asleep, and it's 2-1 again, and it's just back to this chaotic scene where Hungary are going through, and then I think Hungary had moved to second in the group at this point as well, and it all fluctuated. Gretzka comes on, he changes the whole dynamic for Germany. They're much better side when he comes into the midfield. Obviously, he's so powerful as well, like such, a, such an athlete. And he starts dictating things. Thomas Muller came on when Hungary had scored. He also helps as well. And they eventually get the goal. And one of the moments for me anyway so far of the Euros is Goretzka celebrating but doing a heart sign right in front of the Hungary fans. Not that, like, not all those Hungary fans would have been assholes because we've seen a lot of assholes from the Hungarian sport so far and obviously what's going on there at the minute. But just obviously it was such a moment just to do that. And I went wild in the living room celebrating it so I was so delighted. And, and in the end, Germany, they probably should have went on to win it 3-2. Sané were really, really poor cross the end. He's another strange one as well. He, he just looks like a completely different Leroy Sané. It was at Man City. You don't, you don't, you don't fear him as much as you did then. You know, when he was at Man City, you feared him coming inside. Now you're just sort of like, mm, what's he going to do here? I'm not really sure if he's the player he was. But Jerry managed to squeak through. As you said, they're going to get... They've got England in the last 16. I know people don't think this Germany side is as good. It's Yogi Love's last hurrah. I don't know. If I was England, I'd, as like you said, Steve, I don't think I'd be too chuffed if I was sitting in England training hotel tonight that it's Germany coming through instead of Portugal. I think I'd be sort of a bit like, ah, this is going to be... And the Portugal game will be tight too as well, don't get me wrong, but I think the this German side, if Lowe gets his selection right, if he it's the selection, um, yeah. If you're, he you're... tells Gundogan, no, son, just sit in the bench, please, and he gets Gretzka involved, if he can get Kimmich involved more centrally and Thomas Muller is fit, then uh, I would favour Germany in that game. Yeah. What was Gusens like tonight? He, he was poor. Uh, he he wasn't he wasn't as good as he was against Portugal at the weekend. He, he was quite poor. He, some of his deliveries... They weren't beaten first man. He had a really great chance to put uh, to lay up for Gnabry to make it uh, one all, um, and he did, and he poor ball hit the, hit the, a Hungarian defender went out and it was sort of just close to the end where Yogi Low hooked him and brought Jamal Musala on, who was really good when he came on. So, so lovely, clever touches like and for only being a baby, not phased at all. I don't know. He played thirty eight times for Bayern Munich this season. I thought he only played like a. 10 or 15 and then he got into the German squad but he played 38 and he was so composed um, his feet were so quick really really good so yeah, this German side I know we sort of, we all every preview you seem to touch on them at the start of the Euros that there were no great shakes and I wouldn't be fearing them but I saw enough tonight even though they did just squeak past Hungary and saw enough for them to give themselves problems um, being a bit lax and then Hungary scoring two goals but I also saw enough towards the end of the game and Tony Cruz performance as well and Gretzka that uh, this, I, I, I think that I still favour them over England Yeah I would too I think selection is huge I think it's been really interesting in this tournament to see the players who look absolutely exhausted Yeah well one wasn't playing for Portugal tonight because he's busted Yeah and, you, like he, and he's not like they're playing him in a 
terrible system that doesn't suit him as well, but he does look absolutely wrecked as well. Like it's interesting. I, I know I joke about Manchester City, and I, 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 I've, I've had a pop at Phil Foden, especially, and 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 Gundogan as well. Like in terms of of of. Okay. Um, have I? Yeah, I know. Yeah, people, people might not have noticed, you know. <laughs> but um, in class, to be fair. I I do think that it's really interesting that the the one Manchester City player who's kind of stood out has been the one who wasn't making the first team in Raheem Sterling. Um, and I wonder is the retiredness issue there, or is it just that they're so they're so comfortable at club level? Because this is the Lewandowski argument that for Bayern Munich, Lewandowski is asked to play a completely different role than he is when he's playing for Poland. And it's like it, it, it's so different for him that he finds it really hard to adjust or whatever. But I think there's two really, really like amazing stats to come out of Group F tonight. Uh, my favourite is that, uh, I put this into the group earlier on, uh, that um, Karim Benzema scored at the exact same time uh, twice at 46 minutes and 44 seconds, but in two different halves. Uh, but also that the team that were ahead for more minutes and trailed for fewer minutes than any other team in Group F were hungry. Hung- hungry, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is just like and like that, like people are going to probably slay Germany tonight for how much they struggled. But let's remember, like with the exception of a three-minute spell that involved a dodgy penalty, a fluke goal that took two massive deflections. Hungary were probably better than Portugal in the opening game. I thought they lived with France, and they, obviously we have our political issues with Hungary and the Hungarian government and all that. Like, but from the team I saw play the Republic of Ireland in a in the last warm up before the tournament, they were worlds apart from the team that oh, actually went to the tournament. Um, and I think there's a lesson there for the likes of Scotland, the likes of Poland, um, who constantly turn up to these tournaments and go nowhere in them. That there is a way of playing tournament, and I know Hungary finished bottom of the group, but at one stage, not long before the full time whistle, they were second in the group. Yeah. Um, like there's an absolute lesson there to learn from the approach they took, uh, and again, like with, with the exception of that spell against Portugal, I thought they absolutely lived with all three of these teams in this group. Um, so it'll be it'll be really interesting to see. Are, do we do we overplay the fact that France and Germany drew against um, Hungary and like not give them enough credit for actually how tough those games were, or do we actually say like you know Jermaine Jean has pointed out like that maybe you're 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 forging steel with steel in this group, whereas everyone else has been kind of you know playing much easier games. So I think I think it's fascinating, um, and I think. I wouldn't be stunned if if at least two of these teams ended up in the semi-finals. Uh, I think only two can. Be, is that right? Because of the way the groups fall, or the quarterfinals fall. I think with yeah. the teams that are again, yeah. So, but like, I think this is a better group than maybe the final table will give a credit for. Um, like it was the group of death for a reason. Like, and we all kind of ignored Hungary a little bit more than we should have, and that's mea culpa certainly on my part. But uh, I think if you're France, there's an argument that, well, they haven't got out of second gear and they've qualified top of their group. But should they have been kicking into gear by now? I feel like they should. Yeah, that's fair, I think. I think I think uh, people still have France as favourites. 
And I know people are saying they're maybe not kicking out of second gear, but I, I still think I think I think Holland, I think Netherlands look better, um, and I think Italy have looked better, and I think Belgium would probably look better than France. So I mean, if France have been sandbagging to count themselves through the group, then fair play to the Champs and the lads. But they're gonna find we're gonna find out now how good they are because they're in that side of the draw with Belgium uh, and Italy. So and I feel like Spain Belgium and Croatia. Toughest draw. I know we'll get into it later on, but I feel like Belgium do not deserve the draw they've gotten for how no. well they played. No, I think I think that's one thing with the, with this competition is the way they've the the whatever way it's been seeded or whatever it's worked out. One side of the draw is completely lopsided. Yeah, compared to the other one. But listen, these things happen, and you're gonna to have to beat the best teams at some point to win the competition. So yeah. might as well get it done with now. In the other games, at five o'clock. We saw Spain come alive in this tournament, finally win a game, finally arrive, score five goals, five different goal scorers, but only three were Spanish. <laughs> um, and we saw Sweden ruthlessly uh, beat Poland in the end after giving Poland hope that they were going to stay in this tournament. They sucker punched them at the end. Um, two really good games, ten goals over across the two games. Can't complain about that at all. Steve, the Sweden game, were they impressive again? Because they've won this group somehow, when I don't think anyone tipped them. You know what? They were actually quite impressive. The scoreline doesn't reflect how dominant they were in this game. There was a like 20-minute spell where Poland were on top, but that was only after kind of Sweden took their foot off the pedal. Um, I thought Fosberg was, or Forsberg was really, really good, and I think, like, he's a joint top goal scorer now, is he? Or no, Ronaldo's top with, with four, but, um, Five. Sorry, yeah, but at one stage he was he was giant top um, with three, and I thought he played really really well. I thought it was again it was one of those games where like Poland's two goals, like the first one was a piece of Lewandowski magic, like absolutely like out of nowhere, no business scoring it, mm-hmm. um, and it just felt like Sweden had made too many changes, and Poland the momentum. Kind of in this, everything in the stadium kind of felt like it was 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 edging towards a, a Poland win and and kind of getting out with that group, but um I think Sweden, like I think a lot of people probably maybe the only Sweden game that have watched in this tournament is the Spanish game and will have a lot of kind of opinions about them based on that. Um, but I thought they looked really good against Slovakia and probably should have won by more. And they looked quite good against Poland, and um, like it's Ukraine next up for them. I think they'll be like Ukraine will probably be happy with that draw, but I think the Swedish the Swedish team and Swedish management will be really really happy with that draw. That's that's a nice chance to get to a quarter final for Sweden, um, that I don't think many people would have expected after the first game. Uh, one thing I will say is I think the the expected goals in this game, which I think I'm gonna like put on record, I think it's a stupid stat, right? But the expected goals in this game were like less than one and a half for Sweden and over four and a half for Poland. Which but that doesn't reflect the actual game. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Poland Poland maybe had more chances like in the eighteen, but Sweden absolutely coasted their way to this game and three two really doesn't do it justice. They it should have been a comfortable two nil or three nil win for Sweden. Um but Lewandowski is obviously that different class that can that can make a difference in these games. Brenton, the other game, I watched this one. Um, 
Slovakia, who at the start of the day just needed a draw, and they're going through, getting out of this group somehow when nobody gave them a chance. I mean, they put both Ireland's to, to the sword, and they looked horrendous in in all those games. Didn't look good enough. Um, they had only had two shots on target, and I think that still stayed the same after this game. Spain turned up with a little help from Slovakia. What did you make of Dubravka's own goal? Um, I have no idea what he was trying to do. Thanks for um, coming to me with this game after I said last night that I was validated that Spain would flop. Um, so I appreciate you that. You think I forgot? Uh, to, to start with. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were massively helped by Slovakia. Um, uh, you know, Spain did try their best to to draw or lose that game. Um, Murata missed a penalty uh, and then missed a couple of chances early on. Um, but yeah, when when the opposition is literally throwing the ball into their own net, you're you're probably gonna win the game. Um, I don't know what he was doing. It was so strange. I don't know if he if he couldn't see where it was coming down, um, but he completely misjudged it. Uh, and from then on, like Spain, <clears throat> they dominate the ball anyway. But um, yeah, they were they never looked. Slovakia didn't threat, threaten at all. They didn't get up the pitch really. Um, can't remember a chance they had. They didn't have any shots on target. You're right. Um, and yeah, I don't know how much to to read into it um, for Spain because Slovakia were so poor. Um, but after what we saw from Croatia. Um, um, against Scotland and looking more like themselves and especially Modric looking um, much, much better uh, than the first two games. That'll that'll be a test, a proper test now for Spain because, you know, yes, the, the, the Sweden-Spain game wasn't great, nil-nil obviously, and, and um, Sweden kind of held their own there and, and probably... We're happy with that result at the time, and since then they've kicked on and have obviously went and won the group. But um, being haven't overly been been tested since. You know, underwhelmingly drew with Poland, and um, as I said today, um, you know, yes, they they finished some chances, but um, I still wouldn't have said they, they look like world beaters, and I, I think that's. Um, that's an opportunity for Croatia still. They'll be not happy enough, but they'll be going into that game with with confidence. It's not the the Spain that you you, you would have drawn in major tournaments before. Yeah, and the, the, both teams will know. I, I think both teams will go into that still game. Still no goal from Rada. Still. <laughs> <laughs> not, no, I, I, I genuinely think that's important. You know, if he... He, he had a got a goal there. Like he, he is a confidence player, um, and that would have helped them going into a, a game where they're not going to get as many chances as they did today. Yeah, I thought after he scored um, the other night, I thought he was going to kick on. As you said, he is a confidence player, but again, it's just the, the it's just there's just nothing there for him. It's so weird. Like it's. He's such, up until the final, final third, he's great, like, as a number nine, as a link player. He really is. Murata, if you watch him carefully, he really is good at getting other players involved. 
But I mean, if if I was a goalkeeper and he's coming one on one through with me, I just stand at the side of the goals and just watch him <laughs> miss it. Do you know what I mean? Because he's not going to score. Like I, I would just like, all right, that'll do then. Do you know? What I mean? It's not. You don't need to do anything because he, he just haven't. You'd have no confidence in him at all scoring that goal. Now look, he might he might go on a run here now and fire Spain right through this tournament at some point. I can't see it, and we will do a preview show and talk about more in depth about the games coming up because there are some mouth-watering ties coming up but yeah Slovakia I'm all for the small nations coming into it and doing quite well don't get me wrong and the more of them getting involved the better and the better it is for football but I want them to come into it and actually uh, try and play some form of attacking football not 110 mile an hour for 90 minutes but they only have two shots on target the whole tournament and to stink the rest of the tournament out then I'm sorry Slovakia you had that coming uh, if you ask me so see you later lads <laughs> good luck um, that's been through Sweden through the rest of the last 16 has now been made up but there is one tie obviously just one tonight that we'll touch on briefly before we sort of finish up and we will touch on the rest of the ties before, the, before they start on Saturday but it is the Germany England game and we've already talked about it a little bit so far but I mean Brenton, how do you see this game going? I know Steve said about the selection is so, so important earlier, but can you see England overcoming Germany, or do you think it'll be a case of business as usual when Germany get England in a major tournament? <clears throat> it's um, it's so hard to call. I think that that point that we brought up earlier about you know Germany already being through a, a couple of tough games in the group and playing at the level that you would expect to play at, at a major tournament will kind of give them the edge. I also think that um, you know they they seem to have a <clears throat> they have a more settled team if that makes sense if everyone's fit. Um, I think there's still a lot of question marks about um, who. Southgate is going to play. Um, I know there's talk about Mount being ready for, you know, I think he can come back into the squad on the Monday before the, the Tuesday game. Will he go back to him? We know how much he likes him. Um, you know, questions about Kane. He's going to play Sterling. Will, will Foden come back in? Um, as you've already mentioned about that Germany midfield, you know, Henderson got quite a few minutes the other night and and will he come in instead of Phillips for a bit more of an experienced head? There's a lot of questions around England, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, if I was Southgate, I'd focus on all my intentions on, on Mats Hummels. I think he's been a, a very clear weak link for Germany. Um, you can get at him in the middle of a back three. Uh, you know, they've tried to protect him as much as possible. Um, but I still think the likes of, of Sterling that we've seen so far... Um, Grealish if he plays Foden can, can get him between those, those centre halves you know he's he's looked slow he's looked his age um, and we know that the Germany you know if they've had a weakness so far it's been the back line um, <clears throat> on the other hand the same probably applies for England you know if they face any pressure in that back line we've seen it before with which will probably be Stones and Maguire. Um, Germany have have similar players who who can get in and around. Um, and hopefully Muller is fit. Um, because him 
pulling off that um you know that main number nine position and and letting Havertz or Gnabry run in there seems to have worked so far the best for Germany because he he has a he's a real eye for a pass to Muller. Um, I think we saw that most against Portugal. So yeah, I would say two same teams in sort of a similar position and um in that after the group stages nobody probably expects them now to go on and win it, but. Um, I think I would slightly give Germany the edge just based on the the level of of match they've played so far in the tournament. Would you echo that, Steve? Yeah, I think England have looked lackluster. I think Brendan said last night uh, on the podcast they've been one of the worst teams in the tournament, and with the exception of Raheem Sterling. Um, yeah, I said they were they were the worst team. Well, I think he I think he did put Turkey as worst. To be fair, I, uh, I quite corrected myself. Yeah, uh, which which is you know uh, a fair a fair argument. Um, no, I think I think this is a really interesting one because these are two like despite the history and despite what we will read about in the English media over the next oh, few God, days. So many war things are going to be drawn. so many war things like go. you know like. I was joking in another WhatsApp group this evening about like you know the English media is going to be talking about like how we stuck it to the Germans like in 1945 and you're going you know are they going to call up Christian Pulisic or what how are they going to do it because that's how they did it back then so um and you know a bit of history there for you kids um but no I I I don't I don't I don't I think Gareth Southgate has coached a really, really terrible tournament so far. I think he has been coaching, like, managing his team not to lose. Uh, and yet the people go, oh, we haven't conceded a goal or, you know, and, like, that's fine. But they don't look in any way creative. They don't look, like, if someone plays five at the back against them, they seem screwed. They seem completely screwed. So, I would. I'd be really interested to see how how committed to winning the game uh, Yogi Lowe is in, in that game because it's good. It's two conservative enough managers, um, and Muller being fit is going to be huge because I think he can he can cause a lot of problems. Um, I like. I I'm, I'm trying really hard not to let my bias anti English like anti England football team bias, um, like dictate how I think it's going but I really like England haven't put in anything like the German performance against Portugal say for example mm-hmm. and if Germany are even at 75% of that kind of performance they're blowing the out of the war because England can't live with that um, I think that's going to be the biggest difference but by God am I going to avoid all media as much as possible over the next few days because it is going to be just so it's just going to be too much. <laughs> it's just going yeah. to be too much. It's going to be wild. Is there another game, Brenton or Steve, Steve, you remember, is there another game in the last 16 that you can't wait for as well? Is there is there one other one? Well, it's Belgium, Portugal, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it's, not only have you got like the top, go- the, the golden shoe battle there between Lukaku and, and, and Ronaldo, but it's actually a really good game. I think it's two teams that like, in the way they play football, it could be a really, really, really high-scoring game. And I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced 
that that um France, Switzerland and Italy, Austria don't turn into nervier encounters than we you probably would expect on paper. Um so I think this I think it's really interesting. I think some of them feel like Denmark Wales is really hard to call. Italy Austria feels like a foregone conclusion. Croatia and Spain, I really don't know what way that's gonna go. But like and but I think Sweden should be Ukraine. So I think there's a good mix of of games I'd be pretty confident in the result and games I'll watch every minute of because I've no clue what way it's going to go and not just because I'm contractually obliged to do this podcast. <laughs> um, like there, there's, there's games there that like if I, we, if we weren't doing this podcast, I would happily sit down and watch every single minute of, and I think, I think of this, of the eight games, there's probably six of those. And that's, that's a pretty good round of 16, I think. Yeah, it actually is. That's a good point. It actually looks like a cracking round of 16. It's not just the Germany England game or the Belgian Portugal one. There is Wales Denmark. Yeah, it's that's such a good tie, I well. think, on paper. And and the Netherlands against Czech Republic as well will be an interesting tie too. Nobody's talking about the Netherlands. They're just sitting there at the end of the group stages. Um, I think they're not the last game to go off, but they're their last game on my wall chart. Um, to go down and they're just sitting there in England and Germany side of the draw, and no one's picking up on them. But the winner of them will play the winner of Wales Denmark. So there's a chance there for all four of those teams to find themselves in the semi-final of the Euros, which is class for all four of them, and it'll be really interesting to see who gets that. But I, I know you say Brenton as well, you can't wait for the Belgian Portugal one. I, I can't wait for that either, and I, and I also can't wait for uh, Wales-Denmark. I think they're quite even, as you said, Steve, across the spread. So we will do a, a preview on that. I think, though, on Belgium and Portugal, I'm going to get it out early, I think Belgium will have too much for Portugal. I know Ronaldo was five goals and and he can he can pop up in the last minute. Chasing that good. record, but he is chasing that record indeed. But I think uh, I've how many times have I called him the fraud? I think this is the time. I think this will be the game where he'll prove me wrong. Uh, I think he'll have. I think he the, the, himself and Lukaku together will have too much. Um, if he doesn't, if he doesn't do it in this game. Is he oh, if he doesn't do it in this game and Portugal beat them, I'm just want a podcast on my own to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> a 30 minute Stephen A. Smith rant about Kevin yeah. De Bruyne. People ask um, Smith rant about Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> just, just for um, I don't know if we're at any other business or not, but um, yeah. Fernandez, Steve, uh, was that a penalty? It was. I thought it was, um, and I'm surprised. Like it, it went to VAR, didn't it? So like, yeah. I'm surprised. Given, given that Mbappe <laughs> was given a penalty for that, I was really surprised that it wasn't. I think that is a player who needs. If I'm Ali Gunnar Solskjaer, I don't start him until September. I don't play or mid September. Um, he looks yeah. a player who is absolutely out. He needs his a holiday. Yeah, yeah, he, he does. Looks. He really does. Busted. And it's not fair, like we, me and Brenton and Johnny and Paddy slag him and try and wear Steve up all the time, but he is a fantastic footballer and it's not fair on him to be going into this tournament uh, where he has been a leading light for Portugal and I'm, I know he hasn't done it as yet for Portugal but there was a lot of expectation on him too to lead the charge from midfield with the lads up front and, it, and it's not fair that he's been busted and there is, yes, the calendar didn't help but his manager playing him in games when his team were already three or four nil up, was just daft. 
Yeah, but there, there is, like, there's a point, like, people, like, you asked me on one of the very early podcasts about why does Pogba look so much better for France than he does for United, and it's because of the players around him. I think Fernandez looks so much better for United than he does for Portugal because of the players around him. Like, because he's he's that cut above the rest of the United players, he stands out, and he's allowed that role to basically do whatever he wants. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. you know, with Jota beside him and Ronaldo beside him, like, He's he's asked to play a different role that he's not used to playing. He's I, I I don't mean this as negative as it's going to sound, but he's a big fish in a small pond with United, and he's not that with Portugal. So he always looks worse with Portugal. Uh, and I say that as someone he, like he is. No, if I had to say that. No, but he's <laughs> in my he's in my top three fl- favorite United players of all time, and I'm saying I like so that's the context in which I'm saying this about him in terms of his role with Portugal. Um, but I think he'll be a player who, once Ronaldo kind of steps aside, will flourish. I think there was a few like this is not an anti-Liverpool dig. This is something yeah, I else. no, it's not. Jota is one of those players. He three times tonight he yeah. had he had a pass on. To a player, and he just has, keeps his head down. It's really frustrating to watch it. He will not lift his head up and find the pass. Um, and I don't know if Fernandez and him will gel at, at a level that will keep Portugal in contention at international tournaments from now on. But look, I think, I think to me, Belgium Portugal is, is the tide around. I know a lot of the, the, com, the, the sort of content over the next week will be, or the next few days will be about Germany, England. But I think in terms of a pure footballing spectacle, I think that's the game. I think, like, yeah, that's one to kind of just sit down and absorb. Definitely, um, and I think that's on Sunday night as well, isn't it, guys? I think it is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll also say Renato Sanchez, very, very good for Portugal. Nice. Really much. Um, yeah, I yeah, until he came off. Um, and still only twenty three. Like I know we kind of wrote him off, but like there's, it's that Memphis Depay kind of story, isn't it? Of like just get him to the right team, let him kind of sell, and you see the player that we thought he might be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm happy yeah. for him to come the, through because he's had a tight like. Yeah, and and he was up, you know, up against um. Up against Canter there in a couple of one on ones and um he 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 still, you know, came out on top, I'd say about fifty fifty. Um the the other thing I'll say also is Benzema sneaky two goals as well tonight, just kinda under the radar, um mm. coming into form. That'll, you know, give France confidence that, that their goals are actually coming from their number nine now as well. Um the and and you know a, a as Steve touched on Pogba as well, I thought he he had a couple of um, excellent cameos tonight. The, the pass he played for Benzema's goal was exquisite. The, um, the shot that he had that was saved off the post was the, lovely as well. Ah, the, the the little skill before that that we yeah. drag. Um, I don't know who it was, but he sent somebody to the absolute shop uh, beforehand. <laughs> yeah. And Rui Pacheco made a, a fantastic double save actually from that as well. Then, but yeah, Pogba um, as he tends to do. Couple of good things, couple of not so good, um, but yeah, very very good game. Um, Whoever very good group. Olivier Giroud would have more goals than uh, Kareem Benzema before the start of this tournament. Should never speak about football again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that was. I, like I don't. I can't it was remember. You? Who it, was. it was me. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> 
we have been so horrendous at predictions. I bet you're right, though, that we pricks listening to this podcast and hearing me talk about Belgium and being like, stick in the house on Portugal. Um, <laughs> doing right, well with Sweden. Think, yeah, he is doing really well with Sweden. And we'll talk about our sweep as well for our last 16 when we do our preview show before the rounds get off on Saturday. I think that'll do us for tonight. A little breather now, uh, a couple of days breather. I think everyone needs it after tonight's action. Um, from the Euros, and then we're back as the chaos really begins and, um, for the, the knockout stages of this European Championships. Steve and Brenton, thanks as always for joining me. Folks, catch all the podcasts and catch our stuff across social media channels on the Football Babble Pod. Get us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, just type in the Football Babble Pod into your podcast app and it'll come up there. You'll see the Continental Breakfast as well, a logo Brenton's drawn up. Brenton, what is the Patreon? Patreon.com forward slash Football Babble. One pound a month. I know the Athletic said it was one pound a month, but they're not as much crack as us, so I mean it's fair value. Um, I type it in, get onto your Patreon, send us your pounds, and help us improve. Thank you very much, folks. See you again. Chat is on probably Saturday morning, I'd imagine. A preview in the up and coming last sixteen. Enjoy the couple of days and good luck. Portugal is still frauds.